following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Well, we are uh, a little bit crowded again, um, not quite as crowded as last week, but you can see that uh, fall is upon us, and when fall comes, people stop traveling and, uh, as quite as much, and they, they're here more weekends, and students start coming back, and they're here more weekends, and things start to fill up, and it's just it's one of those times of year when people tend to say, I'm going to kind of hit the reset button on a few things in my life, and one of those things is church, and it means that we fill up, so... Um, we uh, had this awesome plan to have this room completely ready to go by July, and that was a really good plan, and it didn't quite happen. Um, it's September, and we're almost there, but uh, thanks for bearing with us there and, and parking in a friendly way. Remember, if you park on the street, to leave a car's length for our neighbors at their driveways, and um, if you come in early, sit in the crappy seats so that the friends who come in late get to sit in the good ones. Um, you can see, uh, and we've talked about it already today, all the things that are going on here, and um, you know, just sort of have to admit that we have been talking about this building and this room quite a lot over the last couple of years. Just the nature of the season of life that we've been going through together as a community. And one of the things that happened back in uh, May or June when the, our leadership team went on a retreat together was that we started to think that we might want to adjust our focus as a community of faith just a little bit. We might want to start thinking outside the box. Um, now, if you know me, you know I would never use that phrase. My, my, I have been known to say that if you say the phrase, we have to think outside the box, you are by definition not <laughs> thinking outside the box. But in this case, I mean literally think outside the, the box that we are in right now. And so we, uh, as a team, came up with a thematic thread that we're going to weave in and out of our life together for the next year or so. Um, And that thread is called Beyond Our Walls. You can see uh, that's the name of our new series, and that is where we are hoping to go and look and focus for the next year or so. But I do want to tell you up front that I, I don't actually think the idea of... Uh, owning and caring about a building and even expanding the building, I don't think that that is actually in conflict, ultimately, or doesn't have to be in conflict with the idea of living our faith beyond our walls. Um, Those two things can actually go together. And I think I would go so far as to say that they should go together. And um, we we spent... uh, a lot of time and money on a campaign that we called Deeply Rooted uh, a couple years ago, and it's an ongoing thing. And I'll, uh, um, it was the campaign that we put out to raise the money to purchase this building and to pay for the um, construction project that you see behind me. And uh, again, that's been a really strong point of focus for us for, for quite a while, and now we want to go beyond our walls. And so I want to talk today about how do we get from one idea to the other. How do we go from deeply rooted to beyond our walls? Um, This is going to be sort of a transitional message topically and thematically. And uh, if you haven't been with us long enough to know what deeply rooted was all about, that's okay. I'm going to catch you up. Um, 
if you have been here a long time, I really would ask you to kind of dial in and, and pay attention to these ideas um, for the next 25 or 30 minutes, however long it takes to get through them. And uh, I, I want today to be kind of a hinge, a pivot point in our life together as a church. And because that's true, I think it would be appropriate if we stopped for a minute and uh, prayed together about this transition. This feels like kind of a big, a big moment in our short little history together. So could we pause for maybe just a minute of silent prayer, and then I will lead us in a short um, spoken prayer as well uh, as we sit at this, this crossroads. God, as we face this uh, moment in our life together where we, we want to make an intentional and conscious change of our focus, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be real and among us, that we would be aware of your presence, aware of your leading and guidance, and that you would give us the, uh, the clarity to, to hear your direction, that you give us the courage to act on it, and that you would uh, continue to be our great provider in, in caring for us and taking care of our needs as we step out into this uh, calling that you've placed on us in a new way. And uh, we pray that in all of these things, you would be glorified and lifted up, that we would come to know and love each other and our neighbors and you more as a result of all that we think and talk and pray about in these next minutes and months. We pray all these things in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So how do we get from deeply rooted to beyond our walls? Well, if you uh, remember, if you were here for it, and if you weren't here for it, um, when we started talking about this, this fundraising campaign to buy the building, I, I presented a central metaphor for that. Um, and that metaphor was a tree in a pot. You know, if you go to a nursery, you can buy a tree in a pot, and then you have to plant it in the ground, right? Uh, a tree in a pot is only sort of tree-ish, right? It's, it's a tree in name only. It doesn't actually get to be very good at any of the important tree things that uh, it was uh, made to do. And what I said at that time is that artisan was a little bit like a tree in a pot. We had been worshiping and having life together in this building uh, as tenants for many years, and it was time for us to put down roots, to plant that tree in the ground in a permanent location, um, and to become deeply rooted. So we had these four themes, these four ideas about what is gained when you take a tree from a pot and put it into the soil in the ground. 
And I want to just run through those themes with you again, just so you remember them. And if people are, are new to the community, you can hear them for the first time. Um, the first one is fruit. A tree in a pot doesn't bear fruit. And we actually uh, had some apple trees that were in pots that first week. And um, we eventually planted them in the ground. And I hold in my hand right now an apple that I picked from one of those trees this morning. Uh, And I want to pass it around uh, as a little bit of a visual and tactile and olfactory aid. Um, So take a look at our little apple there. Um, There are some others on the tree that you can look at when you leave. Um, The deer will probably eat them, but that's okay. I think we have one of them that's pressed into the, the, the cross uh, out there, which you'll hear a little bit more at the end of our service. And um, they're bearing fruit. The point has been made, which I love. <laughs> Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, I appointed you to go and bear fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. We talked a lot about that verse and some others in the Bible that that mention fruit. Um, This is sort of the most important one, that that Jesus himself appointed us to go and bear fruit. Um, And so the the fruits of our ministry, all the wonderful things that we experience together as artists in church and that others uh, hopefully experience when they come to visit and and begin to become part of our community, all of those fruits were great, but when we were the tree in the pot artisan, there wasn't a whole lot of hope that that was going to bear fruit that will last, as Jesus said. So we became deeply rooted so that we could bear fruit that would last. Our second theme was shelter. We sang that wonderful song, that Senator McCracken song, Shelter, um, just a few minutes ago. When we talked about shelter, we we think of um, a shade tree. That little tiny tree in a pot um, wasn't going to cast any any kind of sheltering shade. If it was a really hot day, you can't like huddle up next to a tree in a pot and expect to get much relief, much shelter. But if you put a tree in the ground, maybe not the trees that we put in the ground, but if you put, say, an oak tree in the ground, given enough time, it will create a lot of shade and a lot of shelter for people. And we talked about how it's in God's nature to be a shelter. The scripture talks about God as a shelter and a refuge for his people over and over again. Just one example from Isaiah 25 says, For you have been a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorm and a shade from the heat. We talked about how in Jesus the shelter of God is extended to all people and as the body of Christ, as Jesus' hands and feet in the world today, is part of our calling to extend that shelter to everybody we meet. We talk a lot about how Artisan has been a, uh, a safe home for weary spiritual travelers. Have you heard us use those words, that phrase before, weary spiritual travelers? We seem to connect with the uh, oddball set a little bit here at Artisan. Um, since I'm perfectly normal, I can't assume that that has anything to do with um, the, the leadership here or anything like that. But um, we actually think it's awesome that people who who maybe have trouble fitting in in other faith communities, have had better luck fitting in here on on many occasions. Now, that doesn't mean everybody does. Some people come. It's not for them, and that's okay. But 
We are so thrilled to be able to be a place of shelter for spiritual travelers who are kind of getting baked by the sun on their, on their journey, if you'll pardon that kind of overused metaphor. So fruit and shelter. And the third one is sustainability. Now, I'm playing a little fast and loose here. I chose the wrong word when we actually did the campaign. I used stability, which kind of says the same thing, but it's not as good a word as sustainability. But it's in the past, and I get to change it. And if I hadn't told you, um, some of you wouldn't even have known the difference. But either way, the point is that all of the wonderful things about being in community together... We want them to last. This is an extension of Jesus having said we want, having called us to bear fruit that will last. The tree in the pot, uh, even let's say it was a really big pot, enough to get a root ball going. You might get an apple off of that tree eventually. I don't really know the biology of trees all that well, but I think it might work. But that's not that's that's not a sustainable apple model, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, if, if, you're in, if you're in the business of making apples, that's not the way you're going to do it, right? And uh, I, I sort of hate the overused church as business metaphors, but if we're in the business of, of, of being a church, all the things that that means to us, I mean, take out all the, like, ugh, business stuff. But if, if it's our calling to be a church, if that's our organizational mission, which it is, um, we want that to, to be going and going and going. We talked about how... Um, those trees, now that they're in the ground, I, I picked a fruit off them this morning, and someday my, my granddaughter might pick a fruit off that same tree. That's really cool to me to think about. I don't have a granddaughter yet. Uh, you see the point, right? <laughs> uh, someday, I, maybe I hopefully will, right? And if she could pick an apple off that tree, how cool would that be? The, the call to worship this morning was from Jeremiah 17. It says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. That's what I want artisan to be. I want it to be sustainable and strong. So deeply rooted by the water's that it can continue to do all the things that God called it to do for a long time to come. And then the final theme of our Deeply Rooted campaign was seed. The, the last thing um, we talked about how a tree, that, that a tree can't really do very well when it's stuck in a pot is to scatter seeds. And of course that's how trees reproduce. And if uh, God made trees to go in pots and they never cast any seeds, there wouldn't be any more trees. It'd be like that horrible Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> Which the book might be fine, but my son watches that movie on Netflix like 20 times a day. I do not need to see the Lorax anymore. <laughs> um, I don't know why I got on the Lorax. I, I promised I wouldn't mention the Lorax. <laughs> But we want, uh, we want Artisan to be casting the seeds of ministry. Right? It's not enough. I'm sorry, guys. It is not enough for us to just be our own little thing and be content with that. We want new things to start as a result of our dedication to this place. We want new life to take root, new, new, new 
spiritual faith to happen in people's lives. We want new little small groups to form. We want new ministries for people to, to devise. And ultimately, we want new churches to start as a result of our ministry. We're going to talk about church planting. Not right now, but, you know, we are going to talk about it. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the creation of a thousand forests is in one acorn. Isn't that a beautiful thing to think about? The one little acorn that became this little tree that you know as Artisan Church could be someday a thousand forests of churches. How cool is that to think? Not just churches, but you know, ministries and uh, 501c3s and community groups and, and all the stuff that happens when we are functioning the way we should be functioning. By the way, in the case of apple trees, where's the apple right now? Can you tell that to me? No, just throw it to me. We're going to be real cool guys. Go ahead. Thank you. In the case of apple trees, the, the fruit is the seed, isn't it? There's, there's seeds inside, inside here. I think that's just a, a neat kind of thing to think about, that part of the fruitfulness of our ministry needs to be seeds, needs to be making new things. Everybody get a chance to, to see the apple? Anybody want the apple? Would you like to eat the apple? Okay. Can you catch the apple? Look at that. All right. Um, so, deeply rooted. Okay, we've, we've talked about this for, for ages, uh, off and on, and uh, a number of you in the room are, are continuing to contribute financially to the Deeply Rooted campaign. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in that. This literally would not happen without that, and uh, if you are a newer member of the artisan community, you've made this your church home, your spiritual uh, home in the time since we did that campaign, you can get in on the fun, okay? <laughs> you really can. I don't want to be too like, pushy about this, but um, everything that people contribute to this campaign is, is making us um, more able, more prepared to live out our calling in these four ways, fruit, shelter sustainability and, and seed. But these themes were never about creating a place where we can hole up and avoid the outside world. Being deeply rooted was always intended to be a way to make our building a base of operations for the ministry to which Jesus has called us. Being here is only kind of like a means to an end. And the end is being out there. And honestly, if I thought, by the way, that we could have lived out our calling as a church without doing a capital fundraising campaign, I would have done it. <laughs> if I thought there was any way for Artisan to keep going the way that I've truly believe God has called us to, to go and to be what God has called us to be, if I thought there was any way we could do that in some other place, some other way, I would have led us in that direction. Right? <laughs> Mike, Mike was there. <laughs> um, we, we, we kind of looked up and said, we have this amazing gift. We have four acres of beautiful land in the city limits 
and a building that functions for the most part the way we want it to. And if we go somewhere else, first of all, there's nowhere else <laughs> in the city. It is really, really hard to find a place in the city. Um, and we were called to the city. Right? Even those of you who don't live in the city, I think it's safe to say you, you're here because you love Rochester and you want, you want artisans to minister to, artists, uh, to Rochester. You want to be part of that. Um, there's nothing wrong with ministering in other places, but this is, the, this is our place. Uh, and so we are here. <laughs> I, but I didn't want to run a capital campaign. You can talk to anyone who knew me in those days. I was kicking against that hard. But I, I did come to see that. I didn't think we could live out God's specific, unique calling on our life as a church without doing that. Um, so Jesus' call on our life demands that we take our faith beyond our walls. So for the next year or so, we're going to take our focus from the building itself to all the things that we can do outside the building. Again, think of a base of operations. So we're going to be thinking and talking and praying about how we can, most importantly, act on our faith the other six days of the week, right? The other places that we spend our time. So I told you about the themes of Deeply Rooted. I want to tell you now about the themes of Beyond Our Walls, and uh, this is a, a, little bit, a little bit looser. We're going to explore this territory together as a community, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I do know these are the things that, that I want us to be thinking and talking and praying about and acting on in the next uh, 12 months or so. The first one is uh, a personal faith development. Um, you might, if you know the churchy word, the biblical word would be discipleship. Okay? So you come and, and worship in this room. We all do that together. But your faith in Jesus needs to be cultivated outside these walls. All right? You're going to hear me say some version of those words over and over again for the next five or six minutes. So just kind of get used to that. Your personal faith needs to be cultivated not in this room, but in your bedroom or your living room, your kitchen, wherever you spend some time working on that. Now, if you're one of those weary spiritual travelers who has kind of hunkered down in here a little bit for a while, and you've found your shelter, we are so glad that that happened for you. And now I'm going to give you that mama bird kick just a little bit, push you out of the nest, <laughs> flap your wings, little birdie. <laughs> Might be time for you to start thinking about how you can take some, some real steps toward living that faith. Um, with, with your own strength, with more strength. And, so, and then, then what happens is you get to invite the other little birdies into the nest, right? That's a completely mixed metaphor. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so that aspect of discipleship and, and, and growing in your own faith, that's going to be woven in and out of our life together for the next year in a lot of different ways. We're gonna, we've got new small groups that are starting right now. There are more on the way. Um, there's uh, spiritual formation plans available uh, that, that members will all be getting um, in the next, whenever this stuff just gives me a moment to breathe. Um, and uh, even if you're not a member, you're welcome to this kind of thing. We want to help you uh, and try to guide and shape you in your, in your own spiritual life. So that's the, that's the first way. 
we're going to live our own faith beyond our walls, right? So the, remember Nouwen's first movement is an inward movement, right? That's kind of where it has to start for you and for us. Let me ask you this question as I think about the next theme of Beyond Our Walls. Where do you spend most of your waking hours? A very simple question that probably ought to make you think very hard about how completely you've given your life to Jesus. Where do you spend most of your waking hours? Most of you at work. And then this question, how much of that time that you are at work is spent doing things that, that you could legitimately categorize as living out your faith beyond our walls? <laughs> All right? So it's a simple question with a very difficult, rather complicated answer, isn't it? And the last thing I would ever do is lay a guilt trip on you about this by acting like it's an easy answer. Man, do I hate when pastors do that. If you ever catch me doing that, I want you to smack me upside the head. If I ever make something that's really difficult sound really simple, like, you should just do it. Just turn on the hose and you're suddenly a Christian at work all the time. That's just so annoying. This is a really hard thing to do. So we are going to talk about it. We're going to have a series on work in the first part of 2014. Um, we're going to do these, these really cool vocational roundtables so you can be talking with the people who are uh, in your same field about what does it look like to, to, to live my faith beyond the walls when I'm a, like a computer programmer or a nurse or a teacher or an artist. What does that look like? Well, you're going to talk together about that. And by the way, those of you who are stay-at-home slash work-at-home moms slash dads, you, you have a vocation as well. And uh, I, I both don't want to let you off the hook and also don't want you to feel, you, want you to feel isolated, okay? So we're going to talk to you about that as well. Your vocation doesn't necessarily have to be a place where you go and they write you a check and you punch a clock and all that stuff, right? So work. Faith beyond our walls. Family. As anyone can tell, just by looking around or by closing your eyes and listening for just a second, <laughs> we are a uh, church with a lot of growing families. Again, welcome Ruby Jane. And uh, you could look around and probably learn that there are more on the way. I didn't look that way for any particular reason, don't worry. <laughs> So we want to talk about how, what it means to live out your faith as a family together. So we're going to do a series on family life and family faith in February. And uh, we're going to do the, uh, we're doing a parenting course, a five-week course on Saturday mornings right here in this room. Starts in a few weeks. And uh, if you've taken the, the marriage course that we've offered, it's the same group of people doing that. So you get the fun British accents and DVD teachings, and it's, it's really a lot of fun. Um, so that's going to happen. And then, by the way, to my single friends in the room and listening to, uh, to this on our podcast, I promise that I want to include you in this conversation about family life. I know that discussing family in church can be sometimes really difficult for single people. You feel like you are left out of that conversation and, and are somehow incomplete because you don't have uh, first-hand experience to offer to those topics, but I just want you to know that you are not incomplete. If you're a single person, you are whole, 
and your life and participation in this community is just as legitimate as, as uh, people who are uh, married and people who have children. Um, and I want your voices to be part of that conversation. So I promise that that will happen um, when we start talking about family life. You, you, you don't have to like just suddenly forget to come to church for three or four weeks. Um, okay. We're going to talk about some metaphorical walls that we want to get beyond. Um, the interpersonal, cultural walls that sometimes are erected between us. This is, this is a topic that was no stranger to the early church. Right? The, the Jews and Gentiles had some significant barriers between them. I think there are, are racial barriers that, that are still far too strong in, in our world. Right here in Rochester, this problem is particularly troublesome. And so we're going to be working on that as best we can, trying to break down that, that interpersonal wall and get beyond ourselves. So in November, we're going to do a really great, I cannot wait for some of this stuff, I can't wait for you to be part of it, um, a series on racial reconciliation. We're going to have guest preachers, and uh, we're going to do like church potluck exchanges with an African-American church um, not too far from here. And uh, it's going to be really, really awesome. I cannot wait for that. And I think it's going to be so important for us to, to kind of shape um, this idea for us. Um. And then finally, um, this list may not be exhaustive, but it's uh, the finally for now. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about evangelism and outreach. Um, we are a church in what the tradition that's known as evangelicalism, but we tend not to use that particular word very often because it is so unfairly in many cases and far too fairly in other cases associated with um, movements that we don't want to be associated with. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't have to say any more about that. You get the point, right? Um, and the, the other like scary E word is evangelism. It simply just means sharing the, the, the message, the, the news of Jesus with people. And um, I feel like we've been maybe a little too coy about that idea in our life as a church together. Um, I, I personally, as a pastor, feel more called and equipped to spiritual formation than to evangelism. But that doesn't mean I'm off the hook for it. Right? And th- th- I suspect that that same thing is true for you, um, that you're more inclined toward spiritual development than, than sharing your faith, but that doesn't mean you're off the, off the hook for it either. Um, Jesus' great commission to his disciples, uh, I, I'll read this to you now, it's just a few verses and many of you have heard these words over and over again, but here's what Jesus said uh, in Matthew 28. How many chapters are there in Matthew? 28. How many verses are there in the 28th chapter? So I'm going to read to you verses 16 through 20. This is literally the last thing that happens in this particular telling of Jesus' life. (laughs) The eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. This next verse has nothing to do with what I'm about to say, but I want you to hear it because it's so awesome. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. (laughs) Uh, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and you could, some of you, recite this along with me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
if you follow Jesus and want to try to ignore those words, you are not following Jesus completely. None of us ever follow Jesus completely. So, okay, all right, I'm not, I'm not trying to bust on you too hard, but if we follow Jesus, but don't follow those words of Jesus, we're not following him completely. I don't care if you don't like evangelism. I don't either. We're going to talk about it and do it. <laughs> and we'll go for ice cream after. That's a great idea, Chris. <laughs> do you want your ice cream? <laughs> Hand out this track. No. <laughs> I promise to you now there will be no gospel tracks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, those are terrible. Go to chick.com and read the... I I hope that's the website, because if it's not, that's a problem. You're going to get something you don't want at all. But look at the Jack Chick tracks and find out how not to do evangelism uh, at Artisan. But, oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh man, I have, over the years, uh, developed the tiniest little filter, and sometimes it works, So um, evangelism, sharing the gospel, which does not just mean trying to convert people to Christianity. It also means sharing with them the good news that Jesus proclaimed to the poor, to the outcasts, to the downtrodden, to the sick. The fullness of the gospel is what we evangelize when we share it. Okay, so we're going to do all that stuff. And and then, as I said, we are going to talk about church planting too. Not right now, but we are going to talk about it. I want that to be in your head. I want that to be in your head. Artisan does not exist to be itself. Artisan exists to, to plant seeds. Okay. We, we maybe have let off the gas on this conversationally a little bit, whereby we, I mean me, um, or I, grammatically. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not true. Church planting is in our DNA. Those genes are not being expressed right now, biology nerds. But those... They, but they are part of our DNA. Did I screw that up really bad? Or is that... Oh, awesome. I did. <laughs> I have to look at the... Yeah, there, is it chick.com? Thank you. Chick... One chick.com. Um, if, if you want to laugh and cry and learn how not to do evangelism at Artisan. Yes, that's the safer way to do it. Yeah, Google Jack Chick. All right. Um, Boy, the pastor's been going long lately. The, the children's ministry people, like, are so mad at me right now. <laughs> um, I'm sorry about that. It's kind of a big, big thing for us, from deeply rooted to beyond our walls. Um, no matter which one we're focusing on, we do it all as a community together. And the greatest sign of, of our community life together is, is when we... Partake of the sacrament of communion together. Mel, would you get the other end of this table for me? Or, uh, Mike, since you're not knitting. Not that there's anything wrong with knitting. So, today we have bread and wine and juice and drywall dust. But I promise the drywall dust came onto the table before the wine, so it's not in the wine. (laughs) This is an industrial-style communion table today. Um, this table is open to every person here who is seeking to follow Jesus with their whole heart and their whole life, 
regardless of how well you think you do at it, regardless of what your denominational or church affiliation or membership might be or not be, regardless of uh, how much of a spiritual giant you think you are. In fact, John Wesley sort of taught us um, that, that uh, the worse you think you are at being a Christian, the more you need the body and blood of Christ. Um, so we uh, practice intinction here. You can tear off a piece of the bread and dip it in the wine or the juice, whatever's more appropriate for you and your family. Receive it as food for your souls. Receive it as an act of community with each other and with other Christians around the world and, and throughout time. And uh, may it be for you the body and blood of our Savior and remembrance of his death and sacrifice. Our table's open. We'll continue to worship him uh, together. Respond to the Spirit as you are led. Uh, The prayer will be in the back corner there. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.